and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about classical stuff that you should know. My name is Thomas Magby. I'm joined as always by Mr. A.J. Hannenberg. That's me. And Mr. Graham Donaldson. Hello. And today we are talking about, um, you know, it's, it's really nice weather today. It's like a really like pleasant, you know, we're here on campus, here on the Veritas campus. It's like a, a little paradise. We're going to talk about how to lose that paradise and how to escape from really pleasant circumstances. I mean, school starts back up tomorrow. So. Wow. If you want to do good art, you got to be sad. That's yep. the rules that's exactly of art. Right. Got to be sad, got to be poor. Yep. We stand behind that 100%. No, that's not. Okay. Graham, you are leading our episode today. So um, at the end of the episode that AJ did on Faust, we started to talk a little bit about how... Um, all of the symbolism of what Faust had gone through seemed to talk about like all of the types of things that a human person can go through in life. And we started talking about it almost like allegorically or symbolically, or even to be more modern about it, like psychologically, like we were looking at Faust and the marrying the two different kinds of women and uh, the baby that like became a meteor. And, you know, all these, we were looking at these things and just sort of trying to, um, what a weird episode. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> It's a weird book. But that got me thinking just about that, like, when you have honest portrayals of people that you can read these things almost allegorically or you can read these things psychologically um, uh, to talk about truths of the human soul. And so I um, was uh, – that that came to mind a, uh, a section of – so there's a big speech in Paradise Lost Book 4 where Satan is basically by himself for the first time in the book – and we really hear what he thinks about himself. So he, Is this the one where he's jetting through chaos? So he's already jetted through chaos, and, he's, and he's, he's getting to Earth, and he's on Earth, and he sees the sun for the first time, oh, cool. and he, like, swear he's like, I hate you, son. You suck, because you remind me that I was once a glorious creature in heaven, and you're shining all happy, and I'm miserable. So Satan in book one and two is telling the angels how awesome everything is, um, because they've fallen and they're in hell and they can do what they want. And isn't this way better than like living with God's rules? But of course, if you have to like convince everybody that this is better, <laughs> chances are, you it's know, not true. Yeah, it's yeah. not really true. Um, um, <laughs> so then, and so now Satan is on earth trying to corrupt mankind. And he has this sort of moment where he is honest with himself about how he feels. And, um, and it's, uh, over the years as I've taught this, I've begun to realize that this speech that Satan gives is a soul that is in despair. So he is somebody who has wow. rejected God, and he's now coming to terms with the fruit of that rejection. And some of the fruit that he thinks is positive is that he gets to sort of do whatever he wants. He can rule in hell. Um, he can be, you know, his own master. But in this book four speech, he's kind of honest with himself, and there's sort of these three um, hallmarks of the soul in despair that I think crop up, and I think it's kind of good to take a look at them. Um, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll read the speech, and then we'll uh, I'll highlight the passages, and maybe you guys can see if you can get what the hallmarks are. How's that sound? Fun? It sounds like another quiz show. Oh yeah, quiz show. Oh, I love quiz show. Okay. I always lose. So first, I'm going to read the entirety of the speech. It's maybe 15 lines or so. Okay. And then okay. we'll talk about the three uh, hallmarks. So basically the first... Should I grab a copy and follow along? No, you don't, you don't need okay. to. The first thing is him kind of like getting mad at the sun. Right. And then he's talking about himself and the fall. And then uh, he sort of like psychs himself up. I won't read the whole thing because at the end he kind of psychs himself up to um, to like live a life of being evil. Okay. but the hall So three hallmarks of the soul in despair. Here we go. So this is from book four of Paradise Lost, starting on line 32, for those of us, for those people who've commented asking us to be more detailed <laughs> in the text, um, we are, you're going to be hearing a giant section of book four. So here's Satan, looking at the sun, O thou, that with surpassing glory crowned, lookst from thy sole dominion like the god of this new world, at whose sight all the stars hide their diminished heads, to thee I call but with no friendly voice. And add thy name, O son, to tell thee how I hate thy beams that bring to my remembrance from what state I fell. How glorious once above thy sphere, till pride and worse ambition threw me down, warring in heaven against heaven's matchless king. Ah, wherefore? He deserved no such return from me, whom he created what I was in that bright eminence, 
and with his good upbraided none, nor was his service hard. What could be less than to afford him praise, the easiest recompense, and pay him thanks? How do? Yet all his good proved ill in me, and wrought but malice. Lifted up so high, I disdained subjection, and thought one step higher would set me highest. And in a moment quit the debt immense of endless gratitude, so burdensome still paying, still to owe. Forgetful what from him I still received, and understood not that a grateful mind by owing owes not, but still pays, at once indebted and discharged. What burden then? Oh, had his powerful destiny ordained me some inferior angel, I had stood then happy. No unbounded hope had raised ambition. Yet why not? Some other power as great might have aspired, and me, though mean, drawn to his part. But other powers as great fell not, but stand unshaken from within or from without to all temptations armed. Hadst thou the same free will and power to stand? Thou hadst. Whom hast thou then or what to accuse but heaven's free love dealt equally to all? Be then his love accursed, since love or hate to me alike, it deals eternal woe. Nay, cursed be thou, since against his thy will chose freely what is now so justly ruse. Me miserable. Which way shall I fly? Infinite wrath and infinite despair. Which way I fly is hell. Myself am hell. And in the lowest deep, a lower deep still threatening to devour me opens wide, to which the hell I suffer seems a heaven. Oh, then at last relent. Is there no place left for repentance? None for pardon left? None left but by submission. And that word disdain forbids me. And my dread of shame among the spirits beneath, whom I seduced with other promises, and other vaunts than to submit, boasting I would subdue the omnipotent. Ah, me. They little know how dearly I abide the, that boast so vain. Under what torments inwardly I groan. While they adore me on the throne of hell with diadem and scepter high advanced, the lower still I fall, only supreme in misery. Such joy ambition finds. But say I could repent, and could obtain by act of grace my former state. How soon would height recall high thoughts? How soon unsay what feigned submission swore? Ease would recant vows made in pain, as violent and void. For never can true reconcilement grow where wounds of deadly hate have pierced so deep, which would but me lead me to a worse relapse and heavier fall. So should I purchase dear, short intermission, bought with double smart. This knows my punisher. Therefore, as far from granting he, as I from begging peace, all hope excluded thus, behold, instead of us outcast, exiled his new delight, mankind created, and for him this world. So, farewell, hope. And with hope, farewell fear, farewell remorse, all good to me is lost, evil be thou my good. By thee at least, divided empire with heaven's king I hold, by thee, and more than half perhaps will reign, as man ere long, and this new world shall know. Okay, so there's the speech. So in it, Satan's kind of like talking about, uh, first he's like saying, man, son, you suck. Uh, because you're so pretty and I'm not anymore. Right. And Satan's real upset that he's starting to lose his gloriousness. And later in book four, some angels, some like unfallen angels are going to follow him. Find him, they're going to be like, oh, Satan, you look terrible. He's like, shut up. I look fine. He also goes, don't you know who I am? Yeah, yeah, and they're exactly. like, time up and set him on the floor. I'll figure out who this is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's very fun. Um, but um, so in it, he kind of, uh, uh, he's wrestling with, maybe I should repent and go back, right. but then all the guys in hell are going to make fun of me. And so he's got a couple of these sort of hallmarks of the soul in despair. And so um, the first one is this. Um, hey, uh, oh, question. oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, the, the first story. lines are these. I'm going to read the lines Whoa. and I want you to tell me what it is. That's, oh. that's what it you is. You want to let us guess now? Um, okay. It, we steal your thunder? If you want to. Well, you, 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 sound, you sound very confident in, in your guess. All right, guess. go for it. Um, I, I know. I mean, there, there are, I think, quite a few hallmarks. And mm -hmm. one of them is a, a fear of public shame okay. should they change their tune. Okay, good. So he has sort of lodged himself in this social situation that he may not get out of. Yep. And I've seen that where people decide to once rebel from society mm -hmm. to 
to change from their despair, they would have to go back on their rebellion, which would mean sort of a humility they're not willing to couple with. That's right. Like the, um, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be folded under a bigger category. I okay, think, I think. great. But that's definitely one in there. Yeah, what Thomas? Um, I have like I wrote down six. Which means, oh, let's, let's hear them. Uh, no, I don't. Aw. Oh, so just to make sure. If I if I define despair as the complete loss or absence of hope, this yes. is a reasonable okay definition of what we're talking about. Okay, so there is a so ha- there's a hatred that Satan has at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this will ultimately have to. There, there's hatred. There mm-hmm. is a rejection of something good. So that was my number one. Um, this ties in then with number two, um, like a disdain of what could actually help him or fix him. Mm-hmm. So he has to develop this disdain and like have a justification for it that keeps him where he is instead of fixing himself. Um, I think he used the phrase forgetful of gratitude. Maybe these all fall. Yeah, no, it's good. I don't know if these all fall under the same thing, but it's the hatred of God, but he has to not be grateful for anything that he has for him to lack hope. Um, yeah, I don't want to go through the rest of them. But, but So, yeah, I think – so that is the one that I have is – so I think the hatred is a fr- is the fruit that's born out of exactly what you were saying, and that is an un- being ungrateful. Sure. So Satan says in these lines – and they're – these li- – this is uh, – are it's really interesting, and it's taken me a number of years just teaching it to actually sort of um, really focus in on what Satan is getting at with these lines. But in line um, – basically starting in line 50, Satan says – um, I thought that one step higher would get me highest, and then I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to give God what was owed to him. So Satan says, I know that, like, what I owe God is justified. God deserves praise. Satan admits this. He deserved no such return from me, says Satan. God deserves my praise. Um, he was a good king, um, in that bright eminence, and with his good upbraided none. God doesn't like lord his godhead over everybody. Satan basically says God was a good ruler and he was worth my praise. But I wanted to be on equal footing because I didn't want, I wanted to quit the debt immense of endless gratitude. And so he says, if I could be on equal part footing with God, I wouldn't have to give him praise and I wouldn't have to feel like I was indebted to him. But then Satan says this, Um, and understood not that a grateful mind by owing owes not, but still pays at once indebted and discharged. So what's, what's, what is like, like what's Satan getting at there by saying a grateful mind owes, but like doesn't feel like they owe because they're grateful. You're still receiving the boon, right? It's not a, it's not an expensive debt. Yeah. So... If you ha- if you cultivate that grateful heart, the things you have to do, quote unquote, have to do, like pay praise to the person who is giving you wonderful things that you're grateful for, no longer feel like burdens. Right. Um, and you are indebted and discharged at the same time because you don't have the feeling of a burden, but you're still indebted. You're still paying this thing because you are still praising. So the sort of first hallmark of the soul in despair is... Uh, an ungrateful heart. And when there's, when that gratitude isn't there, then it begins to manifest itself in that hatred of the son and in right. the, the hatred of God. But it's interesting that Satan still recognizes that God was worthy of gratitude, but he just couldn't bring himself to do it. I don't know why. Um, but that that um, so that ungrateful heart is the is the first sort of hallmark of despair. So I guess why I'm sort of doing this this podcast and thinking about this is I think it is these are worthwhile diagnoses that you can run on yourself. That if um, that like Satan at the end of this says myself am hell. Right. I am hell. I carry hell around with me. I am in despair. Uh, later on, he Which says... Which reminds me of Gretchen from Faust. She's like, where am I supposed to go that this sin won't follow exactly. me? Exactly. Right? He says, myself am hell, and in the lowest deep, a lower deep still threatening to devour me opens wide, to which the hell I suffer seems to heaven. He's like, there's no, where I am right now, says Satan, there's nowhere else but down. So he is a soul that is in despair. Now, this is contrasted with Adam at the end of the book, 
who is a soul who is allowed who carries heaven within him. And I think we've had done some sort of podcast yes. episode on talking about that. That uh, Adam, by living a life of virtue, carries heaven around within him. Satan, by cultivating these habits, carries around hell within him. And that first habit that he cultivates is being ungrateful. So I guess like the um, Thomas, the 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 seed of this episode started way back when we when you were talking about. how medicine and theology were intertwined. The pastoral in, theology yeah, one. That, yeah, the pastoral theology one where if there is a right way of thinking about things that can actually cure the soul's ailments. Sure. And so um, I've been thinking about that ever since we did that episode. And here is sort of an example of Satan by allowing himself to have cultivated an ungrateful heart. Right. Is, he is now in despair over it, even though rationally he knows that he's in the wrong and says it like, and says it and says if I'm, if I heard it correctly, that God either didn't in the past or currently does deserve gratitude. Yes. Like he's able to see that accurately and yeah. still says no, he deserved no such return from me whom he created what I was in that bright eminence. And with his good upbraided none, nor was his service hard. Right. What could be less than to afford him praise? Right. The easiest recompense. Right. So Satan already is looking at this. And, and so the, the, that sort of first hallmark is, being ungrateful. Right. Okay. What's the second one? Fear of public shame. I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's uh, it's more than just not wanting to be embarrassed in front of everybody. I think that's also a fruit of... Well, there's, I saw several like weird self-perspectives. Yeah. He's envious of people who don't have this problem. Mm-hmm. And then he says, what is it in me that is doing this? And he's like, that flaw won't go away and I'll just fall again. So there's a belief that... There is, I mean, as a, as a soul in despair, the belief is that there's no remedy. Right. And that's going to be the last one. And the last one is sort of a favorite of our, not favorite of our podcast. There's one that we talked about a lot. The last one that you guys are focusing on in on is acedia. Right. It's thinking, <clears throat> he's, it, we can go to that one. It's basically where he says, you know, um, but say on line 93, but say I could repent and could obtain by act of grace my former state. How soon would height recall high thoughts? How soon unsay what feigned submission swore. Ease would recant vows made in pain. And eventually he said, um, would lead me to a worse relapse and heavier fall. And so the crazy thing is it, that's coupled with a misunderstanding of God's character. Mm-hmm. Um, he says right here, um, for never can true reconcilement grow, right? I would fall again. I still have this problem yep. in me that would cause me to fall a second time. And this knows my punisher, right? He, since he knows the future, he knows I'll fall again. Yep. And therefore, as far from granting he as I from begging peace. So he, because he knows I'll fall, he'll never forgive me. Like he'll never give forgiveness. Yeah. And I think that's a that's fundamental misunderstanding of Christ's character. Because Christ, from what we know, will forgive re- repeatedly over and over and over. And always grant you that peace that you're looking for. Yeah, Satan's almost like doing a literal begging the question thing, or he's almost using God's um, using one of God's qualities using for one knowledge, God's, yes, to as, override one of his other qualities, which is grace. Yes, right. And so Satan's saying, like, why should I bother? I'm just gonna fall again as soon as like I'm two weeks in heaven, and I have to like start singing hallelujah. And God know this knows this, so he'd never give me what so I. So God's only yeah, God's never either, never going to forgive me if I come back. God's just gonna say you're not sorry, and right. And so why right. bother? Right. So that's that 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 idea of of the acedia that there's no point in trying because you're just going to fail. And coupled with his own, like, why, why is everyone else content and I'm not, I Mm -hmm. must have some deep flaw that's wrong with me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is an interesting one. Now with paradise loss, you do get that interesting problem of how does Satan sin before sin exists? Like, where does that first sin come from? Um, But that's a whole, maybe a whole other podcast episode, but yeah, but he looks at himself and he says, there's no fix in this, <laughs> right? This, this mess is a place. Yeah. So he says, there's no fixing this. And so let's, let's not lie to ourselves. If I repent, I'm just going to fall again. So why bother trying? And then he ends the speech with, then like, I'm going to be like, you know, farewell hope. And if I give up hope, I give up fear because I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen. I don't need to be scared of it. Evil be thou, my good. So that's that's the 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 other one. So the first we've got is ungrateful heart. Um, he knows what's right, but he just does. He won't do it. Um, 
The last one is a feeling that there is no, no moral progress for him. And then, yeah, there's something about this middle one where he is, he doesn't like what people are going to say about him. Uh, he doesn't want to be uh, uh, mocked in front of everybody else. And it has to do with why Satan... Is it pride? It's, it's the reason why Satan, the one thing that God does that Satan just can't get over, and it's this. So, um, so Satan's... Fellas, the intellectual life is a worthy pursuit. But in the modern world, there are lots of distractions. I mean, the internet is literally a machine that is dedicated to stealing our attention. That's hard to, uh, to keep the intellectual life if you've got something that is constantly uh, stealing your attention. There's been tons of apps that have, out, that have come out that, are, that block websites or limit restriction to websites. But this new app called Canopy, which is a sponsor for today's episode, is awesome. Not only uh, can it block entire websites uh, that are big time sucks like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but if you're a parent, it can also block explicit content uh, for your student. Uh, if you're a school, uh, it's something that can not only just block entire web pages, but it can block partial web pages. So if there is uh, a web page that has worthy content but has questionable advertisers, uh, Canopy can block that stuff out. Um, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, uh, it's great, and and the vast majority of Canopy's use case scenario is on mobile because uh, studies have shown that most teenagers now interact uh, with questionable and explicit content on their phones. I remember when I used to teach out of school a bunch of years ago, we tried to do one of these like first generation website blockers, and kids could get around it in like thirty seconds. Um, and uh, uh, but with Canopy, um, uh, there's uh, the parental controls of it are. Uh, are top-notch. Um, uh, there is the parental app and then the app that goes on the phone. Students can't, uh, can't get around it. They can't access web pages through like Google Maps, which is even a thing that you can do. Uh, they've thought of everything to make sure that any kind of uh, front-facing or any kind of like web browsing application is going to have Canopy integrated with it. And um, you guys that listen to our podcast, you can go to canopy.us backslash classical and you can get 30 days for free and up to 20% off forever. So if you sign up, you get 20% discount forever. That's great. So canopy.us, that's canopy with a C, dot US backslash classical for 20 days free and 20% off forever. So Satan says, you know what? If I was a dumber angel, there would probably be a smart angel like me who would have fallen anyway, and me being an idiot, I probably would have just fallen him and fallen anyway. So it's probably better to be the smart angel that led everybody astray than to be the dumb angel that got led astray. Well, it's also linked with him saying like, man, why did I have to be such a high up angel? I wouldn't have aspired to greatness if I was middle. And then he's like, ah, but I probably would have followed the guy who did. Yes. Mm. So then he says, um, but had, had you, Satan, he's talking to himself, had the power to stand? You, you did. Then what then what do you have to accuse? And Satan should be, the answer should be my own pride. Right. But what he says is, but heaven's free love dealt equally to all. So the third thing that Satan is that is the hallmark of the soul in despair is that Satan cannot get over Satan wants love to be like ranked and distributed right. unequally based on merit. Uh -huh. So the thing that just gets Satan's goat, the thing that just bothers him and gets under his gets under his skin is that God has love that is dealt equally to his creation. And Satan thinks that love should have some kind of like quantifiable lesser and greater qualities for worthier or unworthier creatures. Now this one when I when I talk about it in class, students are like, "Well, but some, but like some angels are better and some angels are worse. Does God love me more than God loves my dog? Is the question that I often get. Or and and then some kids are like, no, he loves your dog more than you, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've met you, bro. Yeah. your dog's better. But then, so then it's like, okay, that does pose like an interesting problem. It's like, so um, um, the conclusion ends up being that the soul in despair is one that wants to like place love in some kind of hierarchy as opposed to placing love something else. And so the question is, what is the way that God loves his creation that's not 
in this way that Satan thinks it ought to be, which is like greater and lesser. There's again, I think a misunderstanding of God's qualities Mm -hmm. and that it is portional. Yes. That he had a portion of God's love and could have had a greater portion. What he has is an infinity of God's love because is the, the, it gets down to like, are there greater and lesser infinities? Or Which I, is a weird yeah. question and maybe a difficult one to answer, but he wasn't receiving less of God's love. It's, it's, a, say, it's more the, the question of propriety, that there is a love that is proper or improper for, an, for Satan, for Lucifer to have. Mm. And God loves Lucifer in the way that Lucifer needs to be loved by God. And God loves Magby in the way that Magby needs to be loved by God. And God loves, um, yeah, uh, uh, Doc, your dog, Hannenberg, at home, the way that that dog needs to be loved. So there's this idea that, like, God's love is not a um, unfungible thing. I don't know. <laughs> no, what am I trying to say? That God's love is, is like, uh, replaceable. Like, it's, it's quantifiable and is in, yeah, is in quantities. But it is almost completely unique to either the creature or the categories of creatures. Like, God loves human beings in the way human beings ought to be loved. And it and is infinitely so. And infinitely so. Yeah. And it is completely different than the way God loves the trees he's made. Mm. But if God is love, God does have love for the trees that he's made. But it is not, it is not expressed or it is not deployed in the way that it is deployed for humanity or deployed in the way that it is for angels. Right. So but when, mm-hmm. just to make sure I'm understanding, Satan wants to be more loved than he is. Yes. He wants something in addition to what he already had in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Um, he blames heaven's free love dealt equally to all. That's the reason we fell. Okay. Is that God, um, God wouldn't recognize, God wouldn't recognize the good thing when he had it. God didn't recognize that he, she should have given me a greater share of love than I got. And for the individual in despair, is it the same thing? So I think for the individual in despair, it is, I think, so I think ranking yourself. So when Satan, actually Eve does this too, as soon as Eve falls, she, the first question she asks herself is, is where do I stand in terms of power and ability next to Adam? That's the first thing she starts to question. Am I smarter than Adam? Am I worse than Adam? I have power over him. He used to have power over me, which wasn't true. I mean, or it was true, but it was a love, not a, a force. Um, and so, yeah, so when Milton has characters, the fallen characters in Milton, what they begin to do is rank themselves against everybody else. Okay. And so I think that's a hallmark of the soul in despair is the soul in despair um, is ungrateful. It doesn't necessarily mean that hierarchies are bad. No, but the definitely com- not, because the there com- is a hierarchy in creation. But that the competitive instinct to be outside of your place in a hierarchy is a bad one. Yes. So you would agree with C.S. Lewis when he says that the competitive spirit is a, like, almost a quintessentially So thing. you want to play a different song than the orchestra's playing. It's, it's sort of, right? Like, you are getting, you are or stepping. Or you're, you're like, you're a flautist. But man, you really wish you were a trump, trumpeteer. Yeah, you're wanting to step outside <laughs> I think the that's place. A word. Trumpeteer yeah. sounds good. Sounds you're good. you're sure. wanting to step outside your your givenness, like the place that you were put in. Um, so you have a na- human beings have a nature. We have we can and we can either conform to our nature or we can fight against our nature. And insofar as we conform to our nature, there is a sense of contentment and happiness and. Part of our nature is to be virtuous. And at the end of the book, if you conform to the, the demands of, of virtue, you carry paradise within you. Um, we, I mean, we always sort of chuckle at it that it's kind of um, uh, the Boy Scout phrase, but like virtue is its own reward isn't just because everyone's going to pat you on the head and call you a good boy. It means that like the reward is actually the contented, settled spirit. Yeah. That when you do the right thing... Um, uh, you know, you, it, it discharges a lot of the anxieties or a lot of the, like the, the, the feelings of despair. Um, so yeah, so there's the, uh, so this ranking thing. Yeah. It's not because you, Hindenburg, you're right. There is, Milton does have hierarchy in nature. God is, it's not just a free for all. Like God is in control. Human beings are put over creation. Abdiel is a foot soldier, and he's never more than a foot soldier. That's right. Um, and even, and this is uncomfortable and it takes a lot of time to unpack it and talk about it with students, but Adam is put over Eve in creation as husband. 
Uh, and they're, you know, of course, he, then he does a terrible job of it when he falls and they bicker and fight and he lords himself and he basically threatens her with violence. And, and we see that, you know, in the fallen relationships today. But there is still a hierarchy mm-hmm. in the creation. Um, but Satan's, like, um, the soul in despair is the one that, like, I don't know, what is it? Is it that overly focuses on it or doesn't see it for what it is? What do you think, maybe? What, the problem related to hierarchy? Yeah, just like, because Satan says, he's Satan is sort of says, God's love dealt equally for all. That's the problem of the universe, according to Satan. That's what we should fight against. So but, his problem is his place in that hierarchy? So your statement before is that each different person gets the love that they need. He wants to be in someone else's spot? I guess, yeah. It's it's when it becomes... I, I don't think that all competitive spirit is negative. Like, no, I don't want think to so be either. good at chess. It's when you like want to be better than another person. Like I play chess because I find self-worth there rather than just in the enjoyment of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is the dangerous competitive spirit. And that's when Eve falls is when she's like, I want to be better than my husband. Like, where do I rank here? What's the story? No, but she, the thing is Eve doesn't, she doesn't consciously no, Cause she gets tricked. So she doesn't actually have a conscious, I want to be better. And therefore I'm going to eat. She, no, no, no. I, afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, afterwards. it's, an, it's a, it's mm-hmm. something that happens afterwards. And so it's wanting to, for own, it's like, it seems like it's closely linked with pride. I want to be higher up in the hierarchy because that's where I find my importance rather than finding my importance in my nature, like my God-given direct nature. Yeah. Um, like, for example, I'm mm-hmm, a teacher. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I would maybe love to have a little more control in the school, but by nature, I'm kind of a teacher. I don't know that I'm by nature an administrator, right? And it would be like bad for both me and the school, I think, to aspire to a place that wasn't built for me. I, th- I think like there is definitely a, and this kind of, I think bums out, uh, us sort of like growth mindset Americans of being content with your lot in life and, um, staying in it and, and, and like cultivating that as, um, cause Satan doesn't just want to be a better angel. He's the best angel. Satan wants to be he wants to get out of angel and be god right um so, so there's some it's, it's god's fault that he's an angel well yeah. kind of it's not necessarily like but he does he just wants to supersede jesus i yes. think he would still be under god the father mm-hmm. it's weird how the trinity comes into play because yeah, he's his real beef is with this jesus character that it pops is. up on the scene yes. and he's like who's this nonsense person yeah um but it's i think maybe the, the key part for looking at thinking about this maybe psychologically is um wanting to like um transcend yourself wanting to not be who you are um for the sake of being better than for the sake of, of being better than others um or for the sake of you know um again one of satan's problems thinking that he's irredeemably broken that's but that's the next one i don't i don't know maybe um as someone who's gone through like as someone who is the counselor of the group or someone who's gone through these these uh counseling people who are in despair like does any of this stuff factor into like the First real the lack of gratitude and acedia for sure mm-hmm. i i don't i don't know who says it but that you know the the uh, a mind that is thankful cannot coexist with a mind that is um, it's, it's either depressed or sad or some version of that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to that. Um, obviously not true in all cases. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. You want to say something? How does a counselor convince someone who is in despair and depression that they are being unthankful? How does that conversation go? It doesn't. Um, yeah, I don't. So, um, that seems like a hard, hard thing to convince somebody of. I don't know if that's a but it's not really a starting place for a conversation. Um, just as before I go into it, I wouldn't call myself a counselor. I'm not a oh, licensed sorry. professional counselor. It's fine. Um, I do have, you have so- someone who has done coursework least, with the yes. Christian counseling and education mm-hmm. foundation, just so I'm clear on my credentials and I don't overstate anything that I do. Um, uh, this is a bigger conversation than where you're going with it though, because usually your first conversation isn't a, you are not grateful. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you grateful? Conversation. Um, I see much more around that acedia point of people not seeing the point of trying, mm-hmm. or um, um, sadness is just like a part of who I am, and I'm always going to be this way. So I just need to get used to it. Which that sounds like despair. That's the absence of hope. 
things can't be better. So what's the point in trying to make them better? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, those are easier conversations to say, uh, life gets better. Uh, things are better after high school. Mm-hmm. Um, there are all kinds of ways to have that conversation. I'm not totally understanding the second point. Um, so would this be the, the student who can't wait for college? And so they're miserable to be in high school at this point. Like they're mm-hmm. not thankful. Would you just for, call it envy. It could be envy. It's, because that is a hallmark of Satan. He talks about like, what is this quality in other angels where they don't fall? What's my problem? I Why think, can't I be them? I always think about it as the mind that is always trying to rank where people are on the pecking order right. and therefore also where you are in the pecking order. Um, um, so, and then this is why I thought that the, one of the fruit of this was when Satan, one of the reasons why Satan won't confess and go back to God is because there's a whole bunch of people he's convinced that are going to like laugh at him behind his back because he, you know, um, went and, and went back to God and sort of confessed his wrong. So there's definitely a pride in there, but I've, I've, I've sort of, uh, my read of it is that it's, um, somebody that views the world as who's better, who's worse, who is on top, who's on bottom, like, like sort of the, the social hierarchy. Um, maybe, so let's take that, your point from before about people accepting their lot in life. So take that, take the high schooler who is in high school right now. Well, we would have a problem with that person if they said, I want to be in high school forever. No, we would say it would be the, um, right now you're a student Uh and there's a fixed time on your studentship. Right. It's only four years at Veritas and then whatever time it is after that. And so... It is going to be more like to your soul's stability to say, okay, I'm a student. That's, that's what I, what I am and what I have to do and like accepting that and working with that as opposed to being like, oh my goodness, I just want to be somewhere else. I wish I was at a better school. I wish I was at a different school. Um, um, always thinking that, um, better and enjoyable is somewhere else, not here. And, right. and, and it gets tied into that, that, that gratitude part, part of it as well. But I guess it's always the, um, um, the person for whom they are always analyzing where they're at, what they have, what they don't have, um, what could be better than right now? What, um, maybe the, and the, not what could be worse than right now, but what could be better than right now? And then sort of almost having that like throbbing desire for the better at all times. Sure. I think, I think that kind of characterizes Satan. Yes. I don't see very much of that if I'm understanding it. So that's the, um, status conscious. I want to be at the top of this, uh, whatever group you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the anxiety of, can I get to the top? I'm never going to get to the top. I can't achieve that. I just don't see, I, I just so many, yeah. There's you know, lots of people who aren't competitive or aren't interested in. But doesn't that play itself out in like game? social media and sure. yeah, those, sort of those sorts of spheres? Um, sure, but but most of those uh, people who don't get along at school don't um, follow each other online, or like they mm-hmm. their groups that they're competing for status with are opposite groups. So like it kind of doesn't matter, right? Like. Um, yeah, it matters if you have like a, a good post at any given day, but the group that each part is appealing to is different than the other one. Um, and sorry, I'm just trying to be very what if, okay, what if at the end of every time we recorded episodes, we'd ranked, um, uh, who had the best of the three episodes, who had the middle one, who had the worst one, well, that would be an, win. that would be an unhealthy way of going about our relationship. I don't know if that's true. Hmm. So let me. Um, take over your episode. Let me, <laughs> let me pull a gram. And um, <laughs> so you also, in the course of discussing Paradise Lost with your students, have them write about ambition. Yes. And they have to either defend ambition or attack ambition. Is yeah. That a fair summary. Uh, yes, they have to. Well, it, it comes from the speech. Satan Is says. It the same speech? Satan says. Um. Let's see. Where was it? Um. Uh, while they adore me on the throne of hell with diadem and scepter high advanced, the lower still I fall only supreme uh-huh. in misery, such joy ambition finds. Uh-huh. So Satan says, the only jo- uh, like, um, I've like risen to the top of the, my challenge uh-huh. and I like overthrew God or I overthrew the bound, you know, the, like I threw off the shackles of heaven uh-huh. 
and now <laughs> great success. And now uh, my ambition is realized, and I'm supreme. But I'm supreme in misery, and I'm leading a bunch of like morons True. who believe me. True. That's more. That's what my ambition has brought me to. But then the students have to either take a pro or anti ambition. Again, that's overstating it. It but. is. Yeah. They. Um, most of them fall that that like that the the aims of ambition are the things that are the driver of it. I guess that's what I I want to ask about because I this middle one could be a good thing. I think someone studying wanting to improve their competence, wanting to you know, like in some sense, the second point could be someone comes to me and says like, um, is this because you're a five and I'm a nine? Yes, everything, <laughs> everything goes back to the enneagram. But there's something good to wanting to be better than you are right now. Mm-hmm. There's something that pulls you forward to again. Hopefully, the gram ten years from now is better than the gram today. Mm-hmm. Well, that means that have you not accepted your lot in life? That's what I was it, thinking. 10 no, years but ago. isn't isn't the gram? <laughs> isn't the better gram? You're better than you were ten, 10 years ago. from now. The gram that at some point stopped thinking about the better gram and started like being the selfless gram. Like, do you like, so uh, I'm thinking about it in terms of, you know, like the ascetic monk that tries to strip away all desires and lose his, and like, doesn't even need to be called by his name anymore. And um, is willing to give up all the, all that he has for the person who comes and asks him for healing, you know, like is, 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 um, isn't the complete emptying of ego, uh, that's a bad thing. No. Why? Ego is the enemy, maybe. That's a book um, that I think I even read. So, no, because that person is still an individual, and the loss of their individuality is not... I feel like we've had this conversation before, but I don't think is. But isn't, isn't the this the Peter, he must increase, I must decrease? Sure. He's still Peter. I don't know. But it's not until... Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to confuse my Peters. Um, sorry, it's John the Baptist that said that, not still, Peter. But. Um, but it's still it's still an individual who's saying that. And yes, there are um, Christ-like qualities. And again, I think there are virtues that we, the three of us, would like to show off more. But AJ, an AJ will always be different than a Thomas is always different than a Graham. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But do you think John the Baptist like spent a lot of time really fretting about how to be the best crazy desert prophet? And like really improving his core competencies in desert prophecy. He wouldn't have talked about it that way, but he was the best crazy desert person. Because he, been, right? he was. He had a clear mission statement. Because he... <laughs> he was like emptying himself and he, he, his focus was on Christ, not on like being a really great desert prophet. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, uh, I guess I'm pushing back on the idea of like the, empty, the emptying of self, the emptying of, um, of the ego as. You, what you are trying to say, I think is that ambition and a true emptying of ego are antithetical. And therefore, if we are to have Christ-like ambitions, if one of those is the emptying of self, is that not antithetical? Well, is Jesus ambition? ambitious? Was like, did Jesus come to earth and he's like, there's a whole horizon of things to, con- to like achieve. Well, he's a different, I think like people say to be Christ-like, but there are certain qualitative okay, fine. differences. Then, then, between... let's use, then we can use John the Baptist. Yeah, is, is I think the it's Baptist... better to use a... Like full human. I will say that, I mean, Jesus CEO using ancient wisdom for visionary leadership is a best-selling book from the nineties. Oh my word. So just to like, and there is a, there's a a strain of Christian thought that is that. And is it not satanic? Is it Uh, not what Satan is doing? uh, Can you say more? Oh, just that it's, it's, it's the, um, it's the using of, it's using the divine as like a smokescreen for uh, um, your own pride and ambition. You're, uh, Satan is blaming God for having equal love for Correct. everyone in the same way that... And Satan is wrong on that fact. Yes, yes. Well, r- right in that God is equal love, but wrong in that that's the reason he fell. I mean, it's almost... it's it's He's applying uh, the an, a wrong heuristic for the actual what love is. Like at AJ's point, when something... When God's love is an infinite thing right. and is being deployed in ways that are appropriate to the object that is being loved, right. then... Uh, the words like more or less or equal don't even mean anything. Yeah. Um, I guess I, so what am I trying to, so if this is a goofy way of talking about it and this wouldn't be what Milton wrote, but if Satan wanted to be the best angel Satan could be mm-hmm. pre fall, right. And being the best angel meant uh, being self forgetful and uh, not leading a rebellion of angels. Like that would be a good thing. Like that's a type of it. 
if he had been ambitious to be the best angel he could be, why would that be a, a bad thing? Graham, AJ, before we go any further, I want to thank our Patreon sponsors for making this episode possible. Uh, our Patreon sponsors support us at one of four levels. I'm going to go through them right now because I think many people listening, they want to be a part of this as well. They want to become patrons as well. Uh, we have a $2 a month tier. Those are Ghibellines at $2 a month. You get access to all of our episodes ad-free. You also get access to previous uh, uh, content that we've done mostly at uh, conferences, um, so you get ap- uh, access to many other uh, bonus episodes as well. At $10 a month, you get access to our our uh, in-between episodes, which we record after every single episode that we record. You also get access to our monthly AMAs, which I think are really funny, and some of our best content. In addition to all the same benefits at the $2 a month tier, you get access to ad-free episodes. Above that, at the $20 a month tier, you... Uh, at that point are giving input into the podcast. You are helping us come up with future topics to come up with future merchandise. In addition to all benefits from the tiers below that. And finally, and you heard about this uh, in recent episodes, we have added a Helios's acolytes of love tier at $100 a month at this level. You are a true believer and you are the most faithful of our listeners at this tier. You get all the benefits from lower tiers. You also get, I can't believe I'm saying these words that you get a Helios's acolytes of love crew neck sweatshirt. You get Helios's acolytes of love Crocs and you get uh, a free uh, copy of all future merchandise as we create it. So incredible, incredible benefits at this, at this level that is only for $100 a month. You can find all of this at patreoncom slash classical stuff. Thanks again to our patrons and um, thank you all for listening. Because well, the motivation is a big part of it. So why are you doing this thing? Are you doing it so that you are self-aggrandizing? And so, like, at the end, at, you know, they're having a Christmas party and be like, most improved angel and, you know, it's Satan. <laughs> and so that's that's different yeah. than wanting to serve God as, as good as you can. So then I think p- back to Graham's point that, like, personal yeah. personal pursuits for the sake of ambition are antithetical to an emptying of self and focusing on that object rather than, rather than yourself as the object. I think here the object of the ambition... Um, becomes important. And that's what you keep saying, Graham, is that what you are aiming for is different, right? Being the best angel I can be is different than being ambitious to serve God as good as I can. And like that is being the best angel I can be. And so the the improvement to self is a secondary aspect of that ambition rather than the primary aspect of that ambition. Sure. You would still say if the goal is to be the best angel, his right um, intention would be a part of becoming the best angel, Right. So I right. some form of prayer that would uh, that would accomplish what you're saying. So I think you guys are kind of agreeing. No, just, it would. Yeah. I th- I'm wondering <laughs> if the so? uh, no, no, because I'm thinking it's more. Um, so there is a tr- a little train of thought that runs through scripture about you know um, people talking about themselves as the chiefs the chiefs of sinners and a worm. I am not a man, but a worm. To quote you know, David's Psalm, and this idea that. Um, um, August, or sorry, uh, Aquinas at the end of his life looking at the Summa is just a, a giant pile of straw. Yes. So my point being that there seems to be something about the progression of a Christian life that if you, quote, get better at it, if you're, like, ambitious to be a better mm-hmm. Christian, what uh, as the further along you go, the re- the more the, what you realize is you are wretched. Yes. And... Um, so like you can't, you know, you don't, um, you don't sort of set goals to be a better Christian because when you do, uh, uh, being a better Christian is, means you realize that you are, um, well, I guess maybe to use Calvin's language, like totally depraved, not as in like you are a terrible sinner all the time. It just means that the depravity has gone through you in its entirety and, um, and that you cannot... You, you are sort of completely throwing yourself at the need of God's sal- salvation and grace. That's different than the person who's in a CDS saying, well, why try? It's almost like the end of moral progress yeah. is as the further along you go, you realize that you need saving more, more right. than um, – but the person who's in a CDS needs to start doing a little bit of work and moral progress. Yes. I do I – ju- I worry about that low view of humanity leading to the acedia that because man is so to say man is totally depraved to say that 
he can do no good to say that. Um, yeah. Uh, they're all true things, but then it's hard not to then get to the point of saying, well, then why try for anything better? If all I'm going to do is uh, mess up all every act I do will be tinged with. Sin. No, it's not. Yeah. But the, the, that's, that's a jump that doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to, uh, but the, the, uh, um, even you know, I I I'm totally depraved. I I cannot do these good things. But whom have I but you? Mm-hmm. Is sort of the 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 the, pos- the 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 correct jump sure. to make. The only the you just worry that this is a, a license for more of that sort of a CDL. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about Christian nihilism a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. As I don't think that's a helpful option. I, I I'm just trying to temper this with humans are also capable of greatness. We spent the entire last the episode before this talking about the beautiful work of art of the gates of paradise. Um, there are excellent things that humans are capable of too. You are capable of being a great husband. You are capable of being a great man. Ah, Like I'm, I'm capable of being a great father, but I have to go after those things. I will not fall into those things. So this is a, but I think this, this brings us, yeah, to a good relationship between subject and object. So one of the main problems that we talk a little bit about sometimes, maybe we, we can do an episode on it, is sort of the romanticism of the modern world is that people start, uh, um, uh, people care more about the subject themselves than the object, the art they're making. Right. So uh, this is the problem with like, yeah, that, that when someone is drawing more attention to self than the object, then that, that is a, a problem. We, we, we even mentioned it a little bit at the end of Hanenberg's episode about one of the pitfalls of uh, Rodin. That Rod- we, to understand Rodin's art, Rodin wants you to know about Rodin. Well, um, Gabaldi probably doesn't care if you know who Gabaldi is. Um, he's making his 200 florins a yeah, year. Yeah, he's, right? he's, he's got his cash. Plan. But right. I'm just saying that... There, I mean, he does because he put a bust of his own face in his first set of doors. Yes, um, but it's not, but he puts the bus just like he signs his and name, second, but it is not key yeah. in being able to understand the art. You have to understand him. Right. I think that's the big key. So, um, but that's, um, so here's, here's the thing. Yeah. So, uh, if I want to be a better husband, I don't care about me. I care about husbandry. Sure. Well, no, whatever. No, I, I, I no, I can, you know, not animal husbandry, yeah, exactly. but I care about like, um, the object. I don't think. Anyway, yeah. Yes. No. I agree with you on that. Husbandry. But, yeah. But in the same in the same way that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, am I pro- you pronouncing wrong? Husbandry is where you take care of animals. Is there such thing? I, I know, but it, no, it, it has to do with like you take care of animals because that's what the husband did. I, the care, cultivation, and breeding of crops and animals. Yeah, husbandry uh, or management and conservation of resources. What do you think husbandry? What do you think being a husband you, is? Didn't you just use it as like <laughs> being a husband? Yeah. That's part, all part of it. Yeah, metaphorical crops, boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <okay. laughs> this is fair. This is good. Growing the garden of marriage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, um, so, so yes, uh, Satan is Satan is romantic. Is my yes. problem is that he is focusing on the subject himself, and he's not focused on the object, which is being a better angel. Yes, I agree with this, but I'm just saying that, like, I think all ambition can be this. I, I think that people can start businesses with the goal of actually helping people. And profit comes from that, but the things that they make are legitimately good for the people that they serve. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it's ambitious. You to, would call that amb- you would call that ambition to start, yeah, to start and grow an enterprise. But isn't it serving? If you think that what you're making is helping people, are you not coming at it more of a heart of service than you are of a heart of like? But I think ambition. the ambition is like is tied to the size of help that you want to do. That you know. I can be nice to the people I see in my day-to-day life and that's not ambitious. They just happen to be there. But if I want to go beyond that circle, that's convenient to do more for people. I think that's where ambition comes in. Um, I, again, I'm usually the pro monk guy, but like I worry about what we're talking about becoming too individualized to I become holier or I become um, more prayerful as opposed to I leave the world a better place or I, give benefit to those who are alive when I'm alive. Again, ambition maybe is the wrong word for that, but I would, I would include it in that category. It takes effort to do. Those yeah. Things. I just have a hard time of conceiving ambition without the, um, the self aggrandizing. Yeah. Part. Without the yeah. sort of uh, coming in the back door as, as, as a driver and motivator. And I think we've sort of sanitized a certain amount of self aggrandizing for the sake of utilitarianism, just to like get stuff done. It's like, well, we're never going to get some stuff done if we sort of 
if we, we have a bunch of meek and side. mild people doing things. So we are going to accept a certain amount of self-aggrandizement just so that we can get stuff. And I just wonder, like, what place is that in the heart of, of Christians? Uh, uh, I, and I, again, I don't have an answer to this because I know that, yes, if you want to start a ministry or begin a church or whatever, there needs to be a certain amount of there needs drive. To be, there needs and, to be a charismatic leader at the center of it who's going to draw people in to yeah, the new church that but, starting, right? But or then, you know, a, a long, tired story is that we see often, you know, then that becomes the center of gravity as opposed to the 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 subject is more important than the object. Sure, but I but also I think you can separate the person doing the action from the action. So, a a selfish businessman who starts a company that you know becomes a nationwide success, you know, creates thousands of jobs. It is good for that to happen, even if a bad person is at the center of that. And I think you can separate those two from each other. This may be, um, yeah. You, you said before that you wanted to talk about more like people who have fallen from grace. I don't know if now's mm-hmm. the time, like uh, people who were famous and then. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking like um, um, this would sound foreign to the Middle Ages. That, the, the, that there would be um, that. I'm going to share a fascinating Thomistic Institute talk with you about this. Excellent. Look. No, but just the idea that. Um, um, uh, that the building of of these that, that there needs to be a certain amount of ambition and drive in people to do these wonderful and good amazing things that make things better. Um, I have a hard time personally squaring that with a lot of the Christian ethic. Maybe, um, yeah. Again, I don't think it is outside. Yeah, I don't think it's outside the Christian ethic to separate. Um, the good of actions from good of people. We, we desire to be good people. I, I'm trying, I'm arguing something outside of this. But the thing is, if I, if I think to myself, oh man, I have not been a good husband right. in the past, for the past year, I've been really bad at it. The, the only way that, that I'm going to be a good husband is not that I sit down and I say, what, what am I going to do to be a good husband? The only, the way I'm going to do it is think about the, the, uh, the object. Think about the person that I'm in love with. Think about the person that I'm supposed to be serving. It's not that there needs to be more Graham in my headspace. There needs to be less Graham in my headspace and more Amanda. And so I'm not setting goals about like, I'm going to get up every day and do X. I'm going to do Y. I'm going to do Z. I'm, I, I need to say, I need to see what she needs and then I need to fill that need. Right. I don't think those have to be at odds with each other because your task list can be she wants this, this, and this. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Uh, right. Like mm-hmm. But if Satan's saying, like, um, uh, I want to be uh, uh, God's free love dealt equally for all is this big problem. Therefore, I, uh, I wanted to be on equal footing with God. Well, like, when you get to the other angels in the story who have not fallen, um, and, and, and the angel that when he hears Satan's plan, he's like, oh, I don't want any part of this. Right. The reason he doesn't want any part of this is because he's like, I know where I stand and I know what my job is. I'm going to go do it. Right. Uh, as opposed to like fret and worry and think about like, am I doing it better or worse? Or is there a better way that I can do this or a worse way I can do this? Like, I'm just going to go do my duty and do my duty. Correct. Which is leading me to say that he's essentially saying like, I'm cool with the lot I have. This is Abdiel that Hanover was talking about. Right. I'm cool with a lot that I have of being, of being the angel who's just a foot soldier. Yeah, and and Hanenberg saying I'm I I'm a teacher that that's what I'm good at. Uh, this is where I've been placed, and it would be inappropriate if I like wanted to go and be a uh, administrator, or if I wanted to go and start my own school and but be then like a school. Founder. Abdiel was glorified because of yes. his humility. He was the guy who got to smack Satan on the. Yeah, but did Abdiel noggin? wake up every day and say like, "How are you know uh, ten ways to be a better foot soldier?" I don't think so. But he trained in some capacity, right? Like he had to be a good foot soldier. I don't know anything about the angel training course. Yeah, and maybe this is too in the weeds, but um, and this is just, and again, I don't know what differences there are from the heavenly order to the earthly order that Abdiel is always going to be a foot soldier, right? There's not the, um, there's not as much motion. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is a, this is from the, the spheres, which we've talked about. There's more motion as you get lower and lower in the earth. So at the point of heaven, there's no change because mm-hmm. it's perfect. Why would it change earth? There's more motion. And then in hell, there's tons of motion. So, Again, you know, if uh, if AJ said AJ is a great teacher, 
And he also wants to start um, copy editing. Well, is he not accepting his lot or he wants to be a DJ, which is a thing that he does on the side. Is he not accepting his lot in life by also being a DJ on the side? Can we talk about you right in front of you? Is that okay? Good. Okay. Right. Like that's, well, has, it depends he, on if we're it's my nature things. to be a DJ. Yeah. If it's, well, that's the, but then I think it's like, is it in your nature? To yeah. Be yeah. A, I wouldn't say it's in your in nature Austin, to be, yeah. that doesn't, that, that seems too specific. Well, Seton wants to quit what is allotted for him. And maybe we're conflating the issue by saying like, God doesn't allot for us jobs. He has got a lot for us being a human. Yes. So maybe what we shouldn't be wanting to do is be a dog or be something else. So that part is true. And also in my case, you know, I'm married and have a child. If I wanted to not be married and not have a child, that would be a problem. That's wanting something out. Correct. What, and say, yeah. So that, there are cases where that makes sense. And then, so then the point is that then, yes, you should be ambitious for fulfilling the things yes. that you have been given. Yes. To be so then at, the best father. So then the, the only, yeah. the only reason you should be going gung ho in building a business or being built or building a church or a ministry right. is because it's been given to you. I think that, yeah, a vocation. And the, 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 my worry is, is that people conflate their own desires with thinking yes. that God has ordained it for yes, them. Yes, totally agree with that. 100% agree with that. And so then how do you how do you rectify those two things? How do you make sure, like, uh, how do you... Make sure people have good intentions when they start things? Well, I guess it's it's kind of the that. And also, uh, if you are somebody that is needing to assess the worthiness or the the um, the useful, or like the, the, the sanctity of an enterprise... Uh-huh. Uh, and you can never really know the intentions of the founder, how then can you uh, easily partake in it? 15 years ago, we would have all been super gung-ho about Ravi Zacharias International mm-hmm. Ministries. Right. And now, because of the the amount of sort of improprietous and terrible activity, um, even his own ministry is, is stripping his name from it. So right. it's like, now, did he go into it with wanting to, did he go into it with the intention of doing some of the terrible things that he did. Maybe this is more complex to can of worms to open up for the last three minutes of a podcast. But my point being like, how can we know that what Chick-fil-A is doing is like, you know, some good Christian business or, or uh, how do we, uh, how do we, or are we, should we, is that our responsibility as, as, as modern Christians, is it really to understand the motivations behind the things that are put forward in the name of the church and in the name of Jesus to partake in or not? Distributism. Isn't that the answer? <laughs> like localized control of <clears throat> these things. Go to a smaller church, shop at smaller uh, businesses. I think it, if you take that, that question seriously, uh-huh. if you take the responsibility of do, of not partaking in... in you can't you can't bear the full weight of it. You can't too, bear the full weight of it, yeah, but if you want much, to be yeah. more responsible for it, I think you're right in saying that you do need to pare down into the more localized things that you yep. can sort of have a a better um, oversight over. Sure. AJ was about to jump in. With yeah, something. I don't know if it's. We have one minute left. I don't know if it's worth. Make it a profound. Wait, minute, just my maybe two cents. Maybe it'll it'll wet the appetite for the after episode. I'm just wondering if all of this. And this has always been my refrain is overcomplicating the matter. God calls us to very simple things and whether or not we should follow that things is never a question in my mind. Like I'm to serve, I'm to be faithful, I'm to do certain things that God has required of me. And I don't have to like, you know, over egg the pudding. I don't have to overcomplicate it. If, if my business is one where I'm, you know, building my business to serve my family and to serve God, and I'm not hoodwinking any of my customers and I'm doing it primarily for those reasons and not reasons of self-aggrandizement, I think we're fine. I think quibbling over the finer points of, and I had a student with the same problem. She's like, if I am not totally pure of heart, should I like, can I even do good deeds? Like, should I even try? And I was like, it doesn't like your heart's probably never going to be pure, but one way or the other, a good deed is done. Like God calls you to do the things, do the things. If you know it's the right thing to do, just do it. And I, I like, I wonder if having to quibble over whether Chick-fil-A is doing the right thing. And if there's someone self-aggrandizing at the head of it is, is not overcomplicating the matter when we can just say, look, is it my service to buy my family Chick-fil-A or to buy it for my study group or whatever? It's more like the student growing up sees that as the model and says, Oh, as long as I put, as long as I put the Christian spin on the thing, I can enter into my ambition whole hog. 
Well, I mean, that that is probably wrong because the Christian motive becomes a tacked on one. You, yeah. We already have our models. Our models are given. And we can model our lives after those. They, we have classical models that have been classical, classical models for a really long time, and we need no others, really. And even if we don't have a model, we are told the things we are supposed to do. Anyway, Maybe we, I'm just I'm, no, we, I'm we, a simple man with a. Well, this, this like, is kind of my point. Uh, well, we can keep we can keep the conversation let's go going. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's take it to the Patreon. Okay, sure. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. This has been classical stuff you should know. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at classical stuff. You can find us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/classical-stuff. And I think that's all we have for today. Mm-hmm. So thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.